It's Monday, March 27th. A town was destroyed, and that was only the beginning. We start here. A series of deadly tornadoes rip across the deep south. He said, I see the sky. I see the sky. Yes. Some communities are completely cut off now. Our team is there with the latest. A debate over the Israeli judicial system has become a national crisis. We all have to fight for our rights because of the plans of Benjamin Netanyahu. How do you keep the peace when you've just fired your defense minister? And the lawsuit that started off as a blank space now has hundreds of plaintiffs. They messed with the wrong fan base. Look out, Ticketmaster. Swift justice is about to get underway in California. From ABC News, this is Start Here. I'm Brad Milkey. The town of Rolling Fork, Mississippi, has less than 2,000 people in it. It sits on the western edge of the state, less than 20 miles from the banks of the Mississippi River, that point where the state lines meet with Louisiana and Arkansas, that's Rolling Fork. And on Friday night, that is where a tornado touched down and began blasting buildings apart. Be honest with you, we heard was a pop. When a tornado touches down near you, it changes the air pressure around you. Your ears popping is the sign that it's already too late to escape. All I could hear was breaking wonders. It come through my house, breaking wonders, just come on through. By the time this was over, several people in this town had died. And when you think of tornadoes, you think of one and done. After all, when one invades your town, that's all that's going to matter to you. But these are the results of larger weather systems. Where there's one, there are likely more to follow. And as the weekend went on, more and more towns in the south were hit directly. I just hit the ground. I just laid on top of everybody that was in the house with me. I was just thinking about they safety. From the living room, we were able to see um, the entire front of our house just get sucked off. So this morning, with more than two dozen people dead in Mississippi and Alabama, we're getting a sense of the scope here. ABC's Whit Johnson is on the ground in Mississippi. And Whit, you're in Rolling Fork right now, right? What, what is it like there? Well, Brad, I can tell you right now the rain is coming down. We're already seeing some minor flooding taking place, thunder and lightning. So it's exactly what this community does not need right now. We knew another storm was rolling in. But I can tell you, Brad, as we were driving through the community of Rolling Fork for the first time, it is truly utter devastation for miles. Block after block, you see businesses and homes completely ripped to shreds, and they're all mixed together in these unrecognizable piles of debris, cars stacked on top of each other. We, we saw semi-trucks stacked on top of each other. It's absolutely devastating. We spoke with the mayor as well, who said that the town is nearly a total loss. The community has been destroyed, and now we've got to put the pieces back together again. There are still a few buildings left standing, but the ones that are, uh, are so damaged they're uninhabitable. And so this is a community that's really just starting to take in the weight and gravity of what's happening and looking forward to how they're going to rebuild. Were people able to get to safety in time at all, Wit, or, or was everyone just completely blindsided here? We did talk to people about the warnings and, and what they got. Most people knew that bad weather was coming, but this is the South. Right. They're, they're used to bad weather. Um, they're familiar with tornado watches and, and warnings, but nobody prepared for something as bad as this. I mean, this was an EF4 tornado. We're talking wind speeds upwards of 170 miles per hour, sometimes 200 miles per hour. EF4 tornadoes make up only 1% 
of all tornadoes, right? So even people who've lived in this area for a very long time um, told us that they've never seen anything like this. Because everyone lost something. Whether it was a loved one, home, everyone lost something. So they go into their homes at night. And by the way, weather experts always warn that nighttime tornadoes are twice as deadly because people can't see it coming. They can hear it, but they can't see it. Um, they think they're safe in their homes and often they're not. And that was the case here. People got the warnings on their phone, but they told us they only had a couple minutes to scramble and try to find a bathroom or a bathtub or hide under a mattress. And again, you think that you're safe taking shelter in your home. And then next thing you know, the walls and the roof and the windows are being ripped apart all around you. We search and we look and we... It's just chaotic. Nothing like it. And Brad, we spoke with a woman named Tracy who owns a, a local restaurant here. They were working as the tornado warning started to roll through, and a bunch of them scrambled into a large cooler, like a restaurant cooler that you can walk in. There were nine of them in there, including her husband, who actually tried to pull the door shut but was having trouble because the, the wind kept pulling the door open. Before he pulled it all the way, he said, I see the sky. I see the sky. Yes. So the roof was gone. Yes. And at that point, they knew just how bad it was. And they said they could feel the cooler that they were all in. Nine people crowded inside, lift up off the ground and, and move around. And they were there for, they don't know exactly how long, but they were terrified and they couldn't get out. They were stuck inside and they were screaming for help. And finally, somebody came to open the door and get them out. And it was a customer. He found us and he moved all the debris and he got us out one by one. And So the customer with the broken arm yes. came and let all of you out of the cooler. Yes. And when they came out, there was nothing else left. Once we grabbed each other, that's when the tub came out the foundation and we began to roll in the inside. The debris falling on top of us and all we were doing is holding each other, just praying. We spoke to a, a police officer named Antoine who was in a home that he's only lived in for a week. Um, he was living with his girlfriend. They just moved in together a week ago. And same thing. They were there uh, in their bedroom. They started getting the warnings on their phones. He said they went out and they looked out the window and they heard a screech. I'm not sure what hit us. Something hit both of us in the top of the head. And I got lacerations on my face, my I back. I see the cut. So debris is falling on top yeah. of you? Yeah. And he said they watched as the entire home ripped apart all around them. And they were lifted up in the air in the bathtub, he said, turned around a few times, and the bathtub was then dropped right back uh, in the same place where it was before. And I walked through what was his home and what is now just literally a concrete slab. Everything's gone. I've covered tornadoes before. I've never seen anything like this. And I can tell you most of the people we talk to in this community also have never seen a devastation of this magnitude. Well, and, and not even just this community, right? That seems to be part of the thing here is that there were so many towns affected by this, not just Rolling Fork, not just Silver City, Mississippi, right nearby, but really across the state and even in Alabama. So how widespread is the damage here? Exactly. Incredibly widespread. And I think that's what's confusing to a lot of people because you had um, 10 to 12 different tornadoes reported, some of them confirmed between Mississippi and Alabama, right? And so that that cut a path across uh, several states. We're talking, you know, upwards of 100 miles. But the big one that cut through Mississippi, 
That cut a path that was 60 miles long. Uh, it was on the ground for more than an hour. It was uh, nearly a mile wide. It was like three quarters of a mile wide. Wow. And that's the big EF4 that did most of the damage. However, we know that some of these other confirmed tornadoes caused a lot of damage as well. I mean, you're talking about the a number of communities across the South that are suffering right now and that were dealing with this as it was coming through. And that, I think, added to the confusion because people were getting alerts about different tornadoes in different areas. Oh, and like, this one's gone now, but you don't know that one might be heading towards you. Exactly, exactly. And so if people weren't watching TV, and by the way, the power went out, right? So how would people know, and cell phone service went out. So people stopped getting the alerts and the important information that they really needed after these tornado outbreaks started to hit. Wow, uh, unbelievable. And we know that a lot of rural communities here, and so some of these you know, towns, when you talk about being off the grid, really off the grid as they're waiting for help to arrive right now. Uh, Whit Johnson, there in Rolling Fork, Mississippi. Thank you so much. Brad, thank you. Next up on Start Here, Israel's a democracy, but by the end of the week, could it look more like Russia or Turkey? A nation takes to the streets after the break. We all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but when it comes to your health, there should be no compromise. Don't go back to that one doctor, you know the type, like I've had this person before, that doesn't actually listen to you or who seems just in a rush to end your appointment that you spent months making. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. So, no compromises here, because with ZocDoc, you got more options than you know. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. Go to ZocDoc.com slash start here and download the ZocDoc app for free, then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash start here. ZocDoc.com slash start here. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever wondered what you would do with an extra hour in your day? I think about this all the time. I'm like, I would be so productive. I'd exercise more, or I'd read a book, or I'd take a nap, like restore myself. We often find ourselves yearning for these extra hours, but the real question is, what would you do if you were making yourself a priority? Well, how about therapy? It can help you discover what's important so you can make the most of your time. If you've ever benefited from therapy, you know how transformative it can be. It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Therapy empowers you to learn positive coping skills, set boundaries, and become the best version of yourself. If you're considering starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and tailored to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. And here's the beauty of it. You can switch therapists if you're not finding the right fit. No additional charge. Take the first step. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash start here today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash start here. You've probably heard about the uptick in violence between Israelis and Palestinians lately and been like, what's changed? Why now? Well, one significant factor is after losing power, then winning again, Benjamin Netanyahu is back in charge. Israel was, Israel will remain a liberal democracy, not different and as strong and as vibrant as it was before 
To regain power, he partnered up with Israeli hardliners, even further to the right than he is. They're bold, they're brash, they are in no mood to compromise or de-escalate with Palestinians. That, in some ways, has led to some more conflicts. The outcome, when it comes, will be tested over time and people will see. Has Israel become more liberal or has it become less liberal? But this far-right alliance has sparked something even more unprecedented in Israel. Netanyahu and his allies are seeking more ways to essentially overrule the entire court system, effectively making themselves the law. We all have to fight for our rights because of the plans of Benjamin Netanyahu. We've seen protests in the streets over this, but this weekend, this might have entered full constitutional crisis mode. ABC's Jordana Miller is based in Jerusalem. Jordana, I mean, can you just back up and explain to me what is happening here? Well, that far-right alliance that you speak of, part of the deal that Netanyahu made was that he would back them in a really kind of radical overhaul of the judiciary, hmm. which P.S. would also benefit Netanyahu. He's on trial for corruption. Israel has uh, an independent judiciary, but many feel, I'm not able to talk about specific ideas, many feel that it is an all-powerful judiciary. And these changes would affect the way, for example, Israeli lawmakers pick uh, judges, right, giving them much more power uh, than they have today. A balance in the in the way that we choose judges, because in Israel today, judges effectively have a veto power on the choice of judges. It would also um, provide a means for the government and lawmakers, a ruling government, to strike down Supreme Court decisions and even limit what the Supreme Court even has oversight of. And that just be like is, the politicians control this. Sorry, Supreme Court, you're done. Right. I mean, it is seen as a direct assault on the Supreme Court. If you significantly weaken the Supreme Court, uh, you're really swinging the power, you know, almost entirely into the hands of a government. And that has just galvanized Israelis. This is a emergency time for the democracy of Israel. I'm fighting for the future of my country as I know it. So we've seen for weeks and weeks Israelis protesting, and then suddenly something broke this weekend. Unprecedented feelings of anger, pain, and disappointment have risen. And I see the source of our strength eroding. The defense minister, Yoav Golant, coming out on Saturday night, saying that he believes the legislative process should be halted for all of these changes, and that the prime minister needs to seek compromise. This poses a clear, immediate, and tangible threat to the security of the state. I will not allow this. The second most powerful position in Israel is the defense minister. And his main argument was that this reform is tearing apart the Israeli army. There cannot be an army of the people under a dictatorship. We now have over a thousand elite IDF officers who are refusing to show up to train for reserve uh, duty. This is one of the only ways that we as civilians can make a stand towards it. The defense minister said these changes are posing a, a real tangible threat to Israel's security. And he said, I cannot be a part of it. And then he was fired. Wait, he was fired? The prime minister fired him on Sunday night. Wait, so I'm just trying to like draw a, a parallel here. Like this would be like the American president was trying to consolidate power. 
people within his own administration are saying this is not okay. We've heard the attorney general in Israel be like, this might be illegal. The defense secretary comes out and says, you can't do this. If the president started firing people, like that would be a huge constitutional crisis. That's what you're telling me is happening here. Right. That's where we're heading towards. Exactly. I mean, Netanyahu is not supposed to be involved in the judicial reforms in any sense because he is bound by a high court ruling that there's a conflict of interest because he's on trial for corruption. If suddenly lawmakers in his government can choose who sits on the appellate court, right, that impacts who may hear his trial if he appeals it. The attorney general had thought of this, you know, a few years ago, and he said, Netanyahu, we're going to let you lead a government in 2020 and 2021, but any changes to the judicial system, the law enforcement, you can't be a part of it. We will do whatever we think is the right thing to uh, achieve something that is uh, that corrects the imbalance that exists today. Well, now Netanyahu is saying, well, I'm going to be a part of it. And my government just passed a law that the attorney general can't do anything about it. So I'm I'm free and clear. The attorney general says, no, you're still bound by that. And we'll give you one week to, you know, um, answer a petition for being held in contempt of court. Now he's fired the defense minister. We'll have to wait and see who's going to step in. But it's still unclear what's going to happen. There's, this is the last week that any changes can be made in the parliament before the, the Israeli parliament goes on recess for a couple months. Well, and so then as we look forward, I'm trying to figure out how... Like Israel, I think, for, we've always seen Israel as kind of this bastion of democracy in the Middle East, right? This is a place that was founded essentially to like be a safe place for Jews from around the world to be part of a democracy in, in, in the Middle East. And then you balance that against the, the security issues that obviously Israelis have been facing for a long time. But I wonder then, when you see hundreds of thousands of people in the streets, and, and these protests are getting broken up almost violently, does this become something larger than just like politics? Does this become almost an existential threat to this country? Well, the Israeli president, Isaac Herzog, has been very clear. He's warned several times over the last number of weeks that Israel's really on the brink of a potential civil war. Every weekend since the government got into power, we've seen growing protests. They started out with tens of thousands. Now, this last weekend, we saw about 350,000. What we are doing here tonight is protesting against the government wants to get all the power to itself. We cannot leave the government to do as it pleases. And over the weeks, we've seen more and more Israelis from different sectors come out, people who voted for this government, who say they wouldn't do it again if they knew that these, this judicial overhaul was going to be pushed. And now they want to make us into a theocracy like Iran and in a dictatorship. So far, Netanyahu will not put the brakes on it. And it's not only about his corruption trial, but it's also about staying in power because the minute Netanyahu puts his foot on the brakes, and he may be forced to do it in the next few days, the likelihood that his government will stand is very small. I mean, it will come tumbling down. Wow, unbelievable. All right, Jordana Miller there in Jerusalem. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brad. All right, one more quick break. When we come back, they want to dance on Ticketmaster's grave. One last thing is next. 
Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. And one last thing, don't tick off Taylor Swift fans because some of them are lawyers. They messed with the wrong fan base. When Taylor Swift announced her tour that began this month, she likely had no idea these ticket sales would become a disaster. Good morning, America. It's Taylor. We all know what happens next. Ticketmaster sales were a mess. Humans were kicked out of line as bots appeared to be able to purchase tickets. Fans were outraged. MPs against Ticketmaster! Ticketmaster apologized, saying that the rush for tickets had set records beyond any traffic they had ever seen, and that while 15% of users had issues, that's 15% too many. In hindsight, there are several things we could have done better. But from music lovers to lawmakers, no one could shake it off. They waited in line for like six hours. This became a moment to challenge the stranglehold that Ticketmaster and its parent company Live Nation has on the concert industry. Consolidation of power in the hands of few uh, can create problems for the many. But congressional hearings weren't all that Ticketmaster was worried about. Some of those disgruntled fans happened to be attorneys. One is described waiting for 14 hours for tickets only to be booted by a machine glitch. They met others claiming to be charged for tickets that never arrived. Wheelchair-bound attendees not getting accessible seats they were promised. It's like, what are you going to do? They're the only ones selling the tickets. And today, a federal judge will hold a preliminary hearing for their lawsuit in Los Angeles, where they will represent the interests of hundreds of plaintiffs. What's going to happen here? Well, Ticketmaster will likely tell the judge that on every user's ticket, the terms and conditions specifically say the user can't sue, that these lawyers know all too well they must undergo private arbitration for any disputes. The plaintiffs say, don't blame me, that agreement shouldn't stand, since in their eyes, the merger of Live Nation and Ticketmaster essentially created an illegal monopoly. Live Nation says it's got plenty of competitors and the industry has never been tougher. And almost to highlight how different this hearing could be from other class action lawsuits, Swifties plan on demonstrating outside the courtroom today, blasting Taylor Swift music. They even held an event last night that was half protest, half dance party. They advertised that party to anyone who could show up. Reservations were encouraged, and no, you couldn't book them through Ticketmaster. Let's see how long this could drag out and end up being like lawsuit, Taylor's version. More on all these stories at abcnews.com or the ABC News app. I'm Brad Milkey. See you tomorrow. Thank you.